<laughs> I think that was one of the most informative interviews that we've uh, we've had. So well, yeah, without doubt. Thank you very much. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, you guys, you actually sent some really good questions. Because um, I, I mean, I never even pay attention to the hormone sensitive lipase just because there was no data to make me wonder. And then you asked that, and I was like, well, I wonder if there's something new that I've missed. Um, um, if you want, I can send you the thing which I found, but I, it, I think from what you said, it seems like you've read into it a lot more. Um, but it was an article on insulin from Weightology. Um, I'll see. I'll find the references for you. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. I'd like to look into them. Um, it, it's, it's funny because people, ever since all this came out, like I've been bombarded with all of these quote-unquote facts that I, I didn't know. And one of them was like, well, do you know caffeine shuts off mTOR? And I was like, oh, no. whoa. I was like, if that's the case, then I, I, re I need to rewrite the whole book. <laughs> um, and I looked it up, and there's there's actually a few studies. They're all reviews. They're not studies. They're just reviews of information, and they mention it, and then all of them reference one study, and the study was done in isolated yeast cells in the presence of rapamycin, which also shuts off mTOR, and it didn't show that caffeine shut off mTOR. It just shows that with caffeine present, rapamycin is more… Um, it has a stronger influence on downregulating mTOR. And I'm like, how the hell – and that's the only study. That is the only one in existence. And I'm like, how the hell did somebody make the leap from yeast cells to, oh, caffeine shuts off mTOR in the body? It just – it amazes me. And, and I'm not saying that that's not the case, but at the moment, there's absolutely no reason to, to believe that, and there's all kinds of results to the contrary, so – um, it, it, it's been an interesting exercise for me for what people will read and what they'll do with it. But well, yeah, well, I mean, at least there was some research behind it. I think, uh, yeah, some, you know, I'm sure you have bro scientists coming and making claims, <laughs> any kind of uh, backing, which must be very annoying. Oh yeah, yeah, those, those I just try to tend to ignore, or I'm a total asshole too. So either way, it's it's entertaining. With just, I, I get this question an awful lot. People people tend to say, um, so I know a natural bodybuilder who competes on stage and he eats five or six meals a day and eats breakfast and eats carbs in the morning. How do you explain that? Uh, good genetics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I know people like that too. And the fact that they're obviously, you know, I know people who, eat a shit ton of calories and go out and run 20 miles a day and they they just always stay lean and i know other people that try that and they look like shit so th those people are the anomaly and that's why i don't understand why people will pick an anomaly and say well that must be true for everybody yeah um, Good point. i mean one just so we have uh for example two two genes that encode for myostatin in human and a mutation in just one of those genes makes it very difficult to store body fat and very easy to grow muscle mass and that mutation is not uncommon so if you find one of those people they have a genetic advantage that's better than any amount of steroids a person could take <laughs> you had that mutation doesn't it yeah i i mean i would give anything for that mutation that would be awesome <laughs> 
Um, and those are the people that you know they've they've tested bodybuilders, and quite a few professional bodybuilders have that mutation, which means there is no way any normal person could ever get on stage and compete against them. I don't care what they're taking or what they do. It just wouldn't be possible. Wow. Um, and, and those are the ones you get compared to. It's like, oh, well, I know this guy who does this. Well, good for you. It's not me and it's not you because if it was you, you wouldn't be talking to me about how you could look like that. <laughs> yeah, I know this guy. His name's Kai Green and uh, <laughs> he's out in the morning. And <laughs> That's a great response. No, it's um the thing you said about mTOR is just blown my mind. Um, so I, I can't wait to read the article. Yeah, we've we've just finished a, a series on uh, inter- on alternate day fasting, and now you've just ruined it for us all. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, don't worry. No, I mean it, it it doesn't take a lot of food, but you know it that fourteen hour mark, and even at fourteen hours, there's some down regulation. Um, but at 24 hours, it's just shut off and downregulated, which means your your body's more than happy to start destroying muscle tissue. I see. I mean, we we don't actually advise 36 hour fasts, although there are sort of additional health benefits associated with it. We tend to stop at 24 um, for adherence reasons and for sort of yeah muscle retention. But uh, that thing about just having some way isolate to um, to stop mTOR downregulation is uh, is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, doesn't seem to take much food, and especially if you add um, the component of the way that works very well is the leucine component. So you could technically just add leucine. Um, I, I'm not sure how that would fare. I haven't experimented with that, but if you guys want to experiment with it and tell me what happens, go for it. Um, one of the editors, Ben, did that during a fast, and he said he it, it bumped himself into ketosis very rapidly. Um, he was testing his his blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that he just felt horrible having leucine on its own. <laughs> that that actually doesn't surprise me because it'll give you a, a decent little insulin spike too. Okay. So um, I, I can't imagine that. That's why I said I haven't experimented with it. But if you guys want to, uh, I'm all about self-experimentation, just not always on me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you think you think uh, like a monophasic insulin spike from leucine would be something to be concerned about during the low carb phase or during a fast or that sort of thing um you know it's a pretty quick and sharp bump uh so i wouldn't worry about it as far as uh fat burning what i would worry about is the potential to throw you into a a very light and uncomfortable hypoglycemia Uh, okay that that could be very uncomfortable and especially at the gym uh that's not something you'd want to experience Okay. Fantastic. Well, I think I think that's everything. Is it yourself? Yeah. Um, again, thanks. Thanks once again for the interview. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'll um. Actually, this this post conversation was pretty good. So.